0: My name is Milan Mori, and welcome to our podcast, Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers, and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless, and determined. We fight for love, profits, and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers, and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips, will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth, and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all
1: hello everybody this is warrior family and i'm Smilian mori i'm
0: sure you're all here because you believe that we can all create and live the life worth living and my goal within this show is to bring you guests their mindset hacks
1: strategies systems that can help you create and live the life worth living and today i have a special guest her name is natalie jill she is a fat loss expert turned high performance coach She helps people across
0: the globe reach their health, business, and life goals by empowering them to level up and create everything from nothing. In the process,
1: last maybe one year, she created a globally recognized brand with
0: well over 2.5 million social media followers worldwide and created an online business that has consistently generated
1: seven figures a year. And she has been recognized by Forbes and greatest for two years running as one of the top health and wellness influencers. Welcome to my show. Thank
2: you for having me. You
1: even wrote down your age. Yeah, I won't won't, talk about that. I won't tell them. (laughs) (laughs) So you were joking that you are 50 years old. Yeah. That's, well, you look amazing for 50 years Well, old. I am
2: <laughs> not joke. I'm 47, so I'm almost 50. And yeah. a lot of women do hide behind their age and they don't share it. But I talk about it because I, I don't like that. I, it doesn't have to have a bad rap that we're that Especially
1: age. here in the United States. Yes. I took a taxi maybe a year ago and, you know, I like to talk, asking yeah. questions. So I asked this Taxi driver, she was a lady, how old is she?
0: Is she, she did she get insulted? <laughs> she didn't speak with me.
2: Yeah.
1: Whole trip from LA from LA to San Diego. She said yeah. this you are not asking this question anymore That's in funny. States. Yeah. So yeah. So why do you why are you so open to talk about your age? Because you look mm. so great?
2: Thank you. It's really that we have these, I call them self-imposed stops about what aging means. So women tend to think, and maybe men, I hit 30, I hit 40, I hit 50, I hit 60, and Mm -hmm. I'm dated or I can't do things. And we make this big story around Mm -hmm. this dreadful age, and I don't think it needs to be that way. I mean, it's really... I do it more of a, of a proof that it doesn't have to change you. You can be whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. You can start a new career. You can get healthier. You could do a lot of things no matter what your age. So I just like to disrupt the story that 47 is old or dated or, or anything other than what it is.
1: Wow, great. We will talk about this because you're writing the book, yeah. Aging in Reverse. Yes,
2: my book, Aging in Reverse, hits stores in May. So, yeah. And I'm talking even deeper about that.
1: The book—it's only for women or, or so men. No, it's for anybody. I can reverse my it's age. For,
2: <laughs> well, How could it's, I do it? It's the reason I call it aging in reverse. Is again, we don't have to be deteriorating. We don't mm-hmm. have to be. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. It could okay. be a positive thing too. And with age comes wisdom. It mm-hmm. comes knowledge. It comes experience. There's a lot of things that come from aging. And if you embrace it as it's a good thing, mm-hmm. and I'm leveling up to another year then it doesn't have to be this bad thing that, to, that people think it is.
1: So what are some of the things that uh, we can do to reverse aging?
2: Oh my gosh, the number it's, one thing? It's a men-
1: mental yes. thing? Yes.
2: The number one is, is changing your state. So mm-hmm. changing the way that you think about things like those self and post that, mm-hmm. oh, women say it all the time, I'm too old, um, I'm getting too old, I don't want to be this. So stopping that, mm-hmm. that language mm-hmm. right there and instead embracing it. and not trying to to hide things so much. So, you know, like we could do lots of things to fix our age yeah. like, or try yeah. to fix it. Yeah. We can go get injections and all these other things. And believe me, I've tried all kinds of things, but it doesn't stop the process. So, so just being more open about it and just embracing that Getting older, have but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. So just changing that mindset around that, that's one. And then also getting rid of that conversation that because I'm older, I can't do things. Like mm-hmm. you can start a new career at any age. Mm-hmm. You can have children at any age. Mm-hmm. You can get healthy at any age. You can do a lot at any age. So stopping that conversation okay. that because I'm older, I can't.
1: Wow, That's right. And then And then about- there's the
2: other parts. There's the planning your plate, which is the nutrition aspect. So, yes. Planning your
1: plate. Planning I like your
2: it. plate. Yeah. <laughs> planning
1: your plate. Yeah,
2: so eating foods that help support slowing mm-hmm. down that process. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. eating anti-inflammatory foods, not having the sugar or the processed foods, having lots of vegetables and healthy phytonutrients mm-hmm. that helps keep your skin young, helps keep your gut health healthy, helps keep you having more focus and energy, a lot of those things that people think just go away with age. You can slow that process down by eating healthy Mm -hmm. and having those mega-nutrients. When you live on processed food and junk, you're not helping your body stay at peak performance. Mm -hmm. When you eat natural, healthy, unprocessed foods and lots of fruits and vegetables, you can help be sharp, be focused, stay healthy as you get older.
1: How did you get into the fitness and health industry or niche?
2: Yeah, great question. And when? Yeah, um, about ten years ago, mm-hmm. I was going through my own personal rock bottom. But- I had, I was a new mom, and I was finding myself going through a divorce. And in mm-hmm. America, we had hit the the financial just rock bottom mess. The housing market had crashed, real estate had crashed. And I found myself in a spot I'd never been in before. I was new mom, going through a divorce, broke, found myself losing my house, um, and in debt for the first time in my life. And I wasn't in health or fitness, I was in corporate America doing sales. And I remember just feeling super overwhelmed like my life's out of control. And the only stable thing I had was that I had a new baby and that I had a job and that job had to get disrupted because as a newly single mom, I had I couldn't travel with work anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had to take a voluntary job demotion. And I went through this really massive depression. And it was the first time in my life I had really experienced depression. And I remember just being really torn on what, how to get out of that, how to get out of that state, that mindset. And I created what people know now is a vision board. I took a bunch of magazines and I started cutting out what I wanted my life to look like and feel like, and I put that all on a board and it was healthy, fit women, it was healthy foods, it was a happy family unit, it was a nice house with ocean views, and I remember just putting this all on a vision board and looking at it and saying, okay, if I don't feel good about myself right now, if I feel super depressed and miserable, maybe if I just look at that board, And I can imagine what it would be like to be one of those people on that board, then I can start taking those actions like I am one of those people on that board and I can become that. And that's really what started my journey with health and fitness. Because when I looked at the healthy, fit women I put on the board, I thought, well, they would make good decisions on their food. They would eat healthy food. They would move their body. They would start working out. They would do more uh, towards that lifestyle. And I literally started pretending like, that's the only way I can, that I was that person on that board. And uh, in sales, people call it acting as if, I mean, that's really what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm going to act as if I'm that person, and that healthy, fit person would research fitness and nutrition and all of that, so that's what I did. I dove in. I researched it all. I learned. I practiced. I started to transform my own body mm-hmm. uh, pretty quickly. And I shared it on social media at the time. And I shared what I was doing, not to show off, not to sell anything, really just to share what I was doing and have accountability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it launched a whole business for me uh, because people were so interested. Like, how are you doing this? How did you do that? Tell me more.
1: You hit a mm-hmm. couple of things. First is that you, you lost your job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have a young baby. How, how old was she? She
2: was a newborn at the time. Newborn. Baby, one, new- before she was age one, this happened.
1: And divorced?
2: Getting a divorce, yeah.
1: And depression? Mm hmm. And then changing the career. Mm hmm. That's starting a new business. Maybe we have somebody watching this now. Yeah. They think that when death, you were 37 something.
2: I was in my, my mid 30s at the time, yep. Which could have been viewed as too late then, too, you know?
1: Absolutely. Like, yeah. we always think that we are too old. Yeah,
2: always. I thought I was too old then. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you you said you were in deep, deep, deep depression.
2: I didn't know it at the time, but that's what it was. I mean, the kind where I just didn't want to get out of bed. what did you
1: do in this deep depression?
2: Yeah, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I didn't want to look at myself. The only thing that kept me going was I had a daughter. And I knew I needed to be here for her. Like, I needed to get it together for her. I just didn't know how to. I didn't know how to. And at the time, I felt really fake. Like, I didn't know... I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to because I had led this fake life up until that point. You know, I had the, what appeared to be the happy marriage and the perfect house and the perfect job and everything looked like it was so together and now my life was falling apart and I was embarrassed. And I had not been authentic before that so nobody really knew what I was going through and it felt very weird to be able to reach out and say, hey, I need help, I'm struggling. So I internalized a lot of it and I just wanted to sleep and eat and which didn't help with the weight gain or the health. So I just sort of spiraled downhill and all that changed for me was deciding that I wanted more than that and creating that vision board that day. That was that first step.
1: What happened with your husband?
2: My ex-husband? Ex? Yeah. um,
1: What happened at that time?
2: Nothing. that.
1: How how long you were married?
2: I was married to him for three years and I'm remarried now, but at that time I was married to him for three years. I had married someone who I didn't know well enough at the time. You know, we had, I had just moved to California when I met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we became friends quickly. I wanted to be married. He wanted to be married. We got married. We shouldn't have gotten married. I'm glad we got married because we have my daughter yeah. now, but we, weren't, we just weren't right for each other. It just wasn't. And he was my best friend at the moment at that time when I was married to him and we just found that we were very different people and it wasn't going to work. So. Us making that decision to get a divorce at the time felt devastating, but now, you know, it's the best thing that could have happened. I mean, we actually are friends now. Wow. We raised an amazing daughter, mm-hmm. both remarried, so now that's good. But at the time, it just was one of those things that just didn't, it wasn't going to work.
1: How much time did you need to overcome this pain of divorce?
2: Oh, gosh. To heal. <laughs> You know, find I, another love. Yeah. I don't know that you ever fully overcome a divorce. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I can say I'm 10 years later now and remarried and love my husband. And you, I still think back to that being painful because I have a daughter that wants to know why she doesn't have married parents. So I don't know that you ever fully overcome it. But to feel like myself again, it was a few years. I mean, I didn't meet my current husband until several years later after that. hmm so it was. It, it's not an easy process. I don't know that anyone can overcome a divorce and like speed. You know. What,
1: what advice could you give to somebody that is going through a divorce right now? Or
2: gosh, focus on your vision. What you know. Now. Yeah, focus on your vision of what you want, because it's so easy to focus on what went wrong and what we lost, mm-hmm. and what and idealize something like when somebody dies or somebody's out of your life. You you idolize like what the great parts of them. But there's also pain that you, you didn't want. Like it takes two people to get a divorce. No matter what the situation is, it takes two people to get a divorce. <laughs> so I could have blamed my ex-husband all I wanted, but I, I had a role in that too. So really holding on to the vision of what it is that you want like what do you want for your life like how do you want to feel what do you want mm-hmm. to experience because if you can stay attached to the vision and not what went wrong that propels you forward mm-hmm. so it really comes down to a mindset thing too it's the same with fitness mm-hmm. it's the same with getting out of a depression it's the same with starting a business it's all that mindset of holding on to that vision what you want
1: how do I overcome this emotional pain mm-hmm. yeah it's a good advice focus on what you want Mm-hmm. but this emotional pain that is inside.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: you know, I, I meet yeah. many people that totally. are in the process of divorce and you can, you want to have them. Yes. You, you really can't. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, 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 and I'm, I might be crossing a line here, so I don't, I don't know, but, no. but so a lot of people go and do a quick fix with medication and I, I got it. Some people need medication, but medication or self soothing the medication doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it just mutes it, right? So, you, so so, if you're going through a depression and you're totally depressed and you take antidepressants, or whatever, great, but you never actually deal mm-hmm. with that, those emotions. So at what point do you stop that and feel the feels? Because I think it's important to actually feel the feels mm-hmm. and let yourself have those outbursts and cry and share. And mm-hmm. if you don't get those emotions out, it does build up and it, it shows up in other ways. It shows up in pain or disease or other ways. So you have to get the emotions out somehow and not just mask them.
1: Did you go to the gym before the divorce?
2: I went to the gym my whole life and when I got pregnant, I stopped working out Mm -hmm. and I ate a lot of junk food, (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I gained a lot of weight and I had every excuse in the world of why I wasn't going to go back to the gym. But when I felt so miserable with myself and I felt like my life was so out of control, I decided that the things I could control was what I put in my body and what I actually did to move it. So I started with home workouts, just moving my body Mm -hmm. at home.
1: So you believe in law of attraction because you set
2: up the vision boards and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I would call it law of attraction, How but I'm sure it? you could. I think whether you believe in religion, the universe, your guru, or whatever whatever it is, there is something to be said for having a vision and putting it out there mm-hmm. and declaring it. So whether and having faith about mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. Whatever somebody decides, whether it's, again, religion, universe, whatever, it's having that vision and knowing what it is that you want and what you're after, Mm -hmm. and then declaring it, telling Mm -hmm. people, I'm going after this, and not taking no for an answer on that, Mm -hmm. just making a decision, deciding. Mm -hmm. And that really is something I found as a commonality with success with everybody, with anything. It's those things. Those have to be present.
1: What would you say? What did you attract this ex-husband into your life?
2: why did I attract this ex-husband into my life? Gosh, that's a, I've not been asked that. Let's see, we're going to go way back. Um, I think I just wanted to get married. I think at the time it was what you're supposed to do. I was in my thirties and I Mm -hmm. thought I'm supposed to get married. So I met some. you were rushing. (laughs) I was rushing. I, yeah. was a
1: huge lesson out there. Yeah,
2: he was cute. He was, you know, we made a cute baby apparently. So it worked out great for that. But it wasn't, I think a lot of women do that, you know, Don't it's rush. like they want, they want, they just want the wedding and the, mm. you know, the, the shine of it all. That's why.
1: Did you have hard time then to say yes and commit again after the divorce?
2: Initially, initially I didn't know if I'd ever get married again. To
1: love somebody.
2: Yeah, love I didn't you. know if I would ever get married again. And then my husband now, who I've been married to for three years, and mm-hmm. we've been together for about seven and a half. I actually told him when we first started dating that I didn't want to get married again. And then the longer we dated, the more he wasn't asking me to get married, it started bugging me. Like, what do you mean? Why isn't he begging to marry me so that it became this this sort of mission? But no, my husband now was a different story. It wasn't because we just wanted to get married. There was no agenda of, I want to have a baby. We just, we fell in love and that's how we ended up together.
1: Yeah. I know many divorced women, they don't ever allow somebody else to love them again yeah what advice would you give them yourself?
2: to love yourself first because mm-hmm. well if you don't want somebody else to love you you probably don't love yourself right now mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that would be my my guess and i'm certainly not a therapist but my advice would be to focus on loving yourself i focus on loving myself i took care of myself started a business mm-hmm. took care of my health my fitness my daughter like i looked into my passion what did i want to grow what did i want to do and i started loving myself and i didn't need somebody else to complete me and that's when Mm. somebody came into my life
1: Mm. great
0: warrior productivity strategies is a free ebook you can download at www.warriorfamily.com it will help you be productive focused and motivated you will achieve great success in a short amount of time
1: what happened when you got into the fitness and health industry?
2: Yeah, so, so I, I got into it by accident. I was doing my own thing, taking care of myself and sharing it for accountability, and people loved it. So people started asking me, what are you doing? How are you eating? And I decided... Because a lot of people were asking me to make a recipe book to make a little PDF of my recipes. Because I used to take pictures of what I eat and put them on Facebook. That's how I started. So I made a little PDF document with my old Blackberry phone photos of the food I was eating. And I remember putting it on Facebook for $10. (laughs) And I said, you know, who wants this? And people bought it. And it was pretty cool. People were buying my recipe book. And as my body was changing and I was getting noticed for this, and I started getting fitness modeling jobs and getting more known with fitness, uh, people wanted to know how I was eating, how I was putting those recipes together. So my business mind sort of kicked in and I created what's now a best-selling book in stores called my seven-day jumpstart. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it in a weekend based on my own transformation. So creating a vision board, how to do that, writing your goals, declaring it and deciding it, how I ate, all the things that I ate to make things work, how I worked out at home. And I put it on Facebook for $35 at the time. and uh, people bought it. And not Mm -hmm. only did they buy it, they had massive results with it. So somebody would buy 7 Day Jumpstart and send me an email and say, wow, Natalie, I lost you know, seven pounds, I'm feeling amazing, this is awesome, and I would say, that's great. I said, and I'd say, can I share that? It's very motivational for others, and they'd say, sure. So I would share, hey, look, um, guys, Terry lost seven pounds. She, this is what she sent me, look how amazing this is, go Terry, and I made it about her. And what inevitably happened was people wanted it, and they shared it, and my following grew and people were buying it and that one product ended up turning into a several million dollar product just from me sharing authentically and sh- i didn't i didn't have sales pages i didn't have marketing pages i didn't have any just of that just facebook just Facebook, and my little wordpress site and my pdf document
1: but how you know you obviously started with the mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. so what programs you have now
2: Oh, I have so many programs now, but that, yeah. so that's evolved, and that book actually became a hard book store, mm-hmm. book in stores, a best-selling book in stores, and then that evolved. My, the thing I always did right, I've done a lot of wrong things in business, a lot of wrong things, but the thing I always did right was I would always listen to what my audience wanted, so whatever my audience was asking for, that's how I came up with the next product. So after a seven-day jumpstart, they wanted workouts, so inevitably I made bodyweight workouts for them and had DVDs then they would want that next level and I would create other programs. And then now my big main fat loss program right now is called the Full Body Reset, mm-hmm. which is really everything I've learned in the last seven years from so many clients mm-hmm. on what makes a transformation stick. And I put that all together in one program that's called the Full Body Reset, which embraces a lot of mindset in addition to the nutrition mm-hmm. and the workouts.
1: Somebody would say that, you know, this industry is saturated, mm-hmm. but you found your space yes. and place in it.
2: So, really in every industry is saturated. Okay. I mean, every industry is saturated, and everything that's done has been done before. Mm. The bottom line is, the person behind it, it's their passion and purpose, and are they authentic and relatable to people. That's mm. it. Because there's billions of people. The problems are still there. There's enough room for everybody, but people gravitate towards real, authentic people, that have passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. So when I've lost my way in business and I've made many mistakes in business, it's one of those things with off course. Either I wasn't being authentic, like I had maybe reached Mm -hmm. out to a marketing company to help me and now it really wasn't my voice and that that has Mm -hmm. massive detrimental Mm -hmm. effects when you do that. Or maybe I wasn't passionate and and purposeful about something Mm -hmm. and if it's not in alignment, that doesn't work in business.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how did you start and the mistakes you did. Mm we probably have somebody watching the show that is thinking I, w- I want to start a business but yeah. i don't know how so how long did it uh, did it take you to go from just doing what you love to earning enough income that you can yeah. live from
2: yeah mine happened probably within six months but i wouldn't say nice. that that's normal or expected okay. i don't know that there's a standard mm-hmm. um because A lot of overnight successes, there's a lot before that that we don't know or see about them. Like, so for instance, for me, that happened quick for me, but I also am a super natural, strong marketer and salesperson. Like, that's in my blood. Mm -hmm. So once I see a need and I really understand and I come from a place of caring and want to help, I can go fully after it with purpose and passion. So it just depends. What somebody's motive is. Like, if somebody's listening and they just want to get rich, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. But if they're really excited to share a gift or something Mm -hmm. that they're on purpose and have passion about, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I just launched my own uh, podcast recently, and that's a saturated market. There's a million podcasts out there. And I didn't have time to do a podcast. I didn't have there's no need for a podcast, but I'm so on passion and purpose with it and on fire that I came out of the gate running with it and it was a success early on. So it really just it's a matter of what are you passionate and excited about and is there a need that you can solve?
1: Mhm. So how somebody can turn this passion into into money?
2: You just g- you think of adding value and yeah. adding service and it yeah. works itself out. And that might sound You know, woo-woo, I don't know. But it's so true, the how always reveals itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I I told, um, Lauren came here with me today and I told her on the way up, I said, I "I don't have a clue how I'm making money on my podcast and I don't care right now. I'm adding value. I enjoy doing it. I love it. It works itself out. Things always work itself out when you follow Mm -hmm. your passion and purpose and you think of adding value. Add value, be of service, and things work out. They just do.
1: Let's talk about the family a little bit. What values would you like to pass down to your daughter?
2: Gosh, that's a—that's always such a hard one. I want her to be a good person, and to—I, first and foremost, I think everybody on this planet has a gift, mm-hmm. and I think so many people get so stuck in stories of why they can't be their gift or share their gift or they have all these fears around it. And we're all here for a reason and we all have a purpose and share your gifts. I want my daughter to share her gifts. I don't care what it is. (laughs) As long as she feels that she's being heard and being her and being herself, um, I tell her every day she can be anything that she wants to be. Anything that she's excited about, she can be. I don't ever wanna be the one in the way of her dreams or what she can be. And I want her to be a good person and come from that place of adding value.
1: How do you balance now this business and personal family side?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't feel that they're a big separate thing anymore. If you're living your purpose, that could be your business too. And for me, what I do for business really falls into what I do in my family life as well. So I don't know that it's fully separated. Now, I've had to get better about not always being on the phone or social media or whatever it is when I'm with my family. So I'm aware of that. I haven't perfected that yet, but I'm aware of it. But I don't know. There's this. There's this big, huge separation. It's not like I have an office I go to from nine to five and then I shut it off at home.
1: You work from home.
2: I do work from home. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: So when do we wake up in the morning?
2: When do I wake up? Most mornings about six o'clock.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then, what do you do?
2: And that, So, in an ideal day, not every day, but mm-hmm. most days, some days I get distracted with things I shouldn't be doing, but most days, in an ideal world, I wake up and I, right next to my bed, I have a podcast selected to listen to first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. so the first thing I do is I usually put a podcast on, go get myself ready while I'm learning and listening to something that's motivational, that I, positive, mm-hmm. that I want to hear or learn. I'll go make a nice breakfast. I love to have breakfast and eat quiet time. Mm -hmm. Then I'll take, I have a gratitude journal that I'll write down a few things of gratitude and I'll ground myself in like what I want for the day. Mm -hmm. And then I will look at my to-do list for the day, but I treat a to-do list not like I have to check off all these tasks. I look at like the three main things that I need to do to help move me forward that day. Mm -hmm. And I circle those. Then I'll go get my daughter up, get her ready for school, drive to school. My drive to her school is quite a distance, so I also listen to a podcast on the way back. So it's another Mm -hmm. opportunity. Usually come back, work out, and then I jump into my day. That's ideal. Now, some days, Samilian, yeah. I am the guilty one that picks up my cell phone and I start checking Instagram. The whole day changes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I'm just not going to lie <laughs> and say that I'm perfect. you do first thing
1: in the morning, it's Yeah. Dangerous. It's
2: the worst thing to do, and I definitely do it some days. Check out Check your e- social media. And even so much, I've taken email off my phone, but then I put it back on sometimes. Like yeah. I literally will download it from my bed sometimes. Why I do that, I don't know. When I do it, it ruins the day. <laughs> so,
1: Absolutely, I, yeah. I can relate. <laughs> yes, yeah.
2: So anyway, I don't know that anyone's really perfect with that. Everyone <laughs> says they are. I'm like, I'm not perfect with that.
1: You have such a good plan when you lay down in the bed and then you wake up, you hope you have this plan. I will go to the gym. I will do this and that mm-hmm. and then bam, two yes. hours
2: and what stinks about it. And I know better, but then you're on somebody else's agenda. Like yeah, we can't control what we're going to see in those speeds. And then I react and then I'm messaging somebody on my team that I'm I, it, the whole day gets thrown mm-hmm. off. So. so
1: what do you recommend to how to plan your plate?
2: What to plan to so, plate. Yeah, Yeah, so my big rules with that are think addition, not subtraction. So instead of what mm-hmm. are all the things I can't have, what are all the things I should be adding? More water, more vegetables, more healthy fruits, mm-hmm. more lean proteins, healthy fats, nuts and seeds, avocado. If you add more of the good, there's less room for the bad. That's the biggest rule. The second rule would be to look for unprocessed natural foods, so the more of the real good healthy foods you can eat, less room for the bad. So less ro- so again not not striving for perfection but just can you do more of that? Can you do more mm-hmm. of that?
1: How you fight sugar?
2: Well, you don't fight sugar because fighting sugar will always win. What you do is you eat a balanced natural food diet so that you don't crave it as much. Mm-hmm. So when you eat when you eat primarily fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, proteins, you have more regular, regulated insulin and you don't crave as much. When you eat bread, pizza, cookies, pasta, you're going to want more sugar. So the more sugar you eat, the more you want to have it. So it's not about fighting it, it's about balancing out your diet so you get the right nutrients so you don't crave it. And then when you really want it one day, you have a little bit because of what you don't have, you obsess about. And what you obsess about, you possess. So what so,
1: you're obsessed about?
2: Uh, well, every now and then I might have a Reese's peanut butter cup. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just being real, <laughs> and if I want one, I have one. It's not about being perfect, and I don't beat myself up for it. So it's mm-hmm. most of the time, ninety percent of the time, I eat real, natural, unprocessed foods, and then every now and then I want something that's not on that, and I have it.
1: Do you teach this to your to your daughter too?
2: I teach this to my daughter, but I'm I strict no. With her, mm-hmm. uh, my rule with her is eating natural, real, unprocessed foods. So mm-hmm. if she wants an Oreo, great, you have that at school from, with your friends, or let's go to the natural food store and get a version that's healthier. Mm-hmm. So she knows, but she's a kid, and I let her have kid food. If she wants macaroni and cheese, she does, but it's going to be natural organic cheese with mm-hmm. the noodles, and I'm not going to be that parent that, you know, doesn't let her have the food at parties or school. So she can mm-hmm. have what she wants, I just educate her. It's nice. More. Yeah.
1: How often do you go on vacation?
2: How often do I go on a planned vacation? Maybe twice a year.
1: Um, How much free time you have?
2: I have as much free time as I want to have.
1: Really? So, yeah. That's interesting. I mean,
2: there's <laughs> one of my, one of my reasons for having being in the field that I'm in and doing what I do and working for myself and creating what I've created is for freedom and comfort. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and for being able to give back. Like I like, I want to be able to. Be generous to whoever I feel like being generous to. I want to be able to have the freedom to to go and see and experience what I want to experience, and I want to feel comfortable when I do it. So, those three things are what drive me more mm-hmm. than more than you know just having nice clothes. I like nice clothes too, but more than that, I would like to be able to experience mm-hmm. those three things.
1: What so, is your dream destination? And your families? let's see.
2: Well. Every time I say a dream destination, I end up like if you would ask me two months ago. I said I would have said Australia, and it was on my it was on my vision board. But then I ended up going to Australia. So then I so I guess the next one, let's see, would maybe be a should
1: be Slovenia.
2: I had never even heard of that Slo- before today. Never heard of that. <laughs> so now I know <laughs> I it. I've never but heard yeah, of that. <laughs> yeah, before today I hadn't. So should I should that be on my list? Is it nice? Yes. Okay, it's Slovenia, on my list. So I, I got to learn to Croatia. pronounce it first. Slo- Slovenia. It's one of the most and beautiful
1: Christian. countries in okay, the world. Okay, it's on my Plus, list now. Melanie Trump, she's from Slovenia.
2: Okay, I, it's on my list now. It is? Sure, why not? <laughs> you have any event there? I will go to your events. No, yeah,
1: okay. it's a really beautiful country. And uh, Croatian coastline is the best and most beautiful coastline yeah. in the world.
2: Amazing. Good to yeah. know. I didn't know that. Yeah. I can show you. Yeah.
1: What would you do, if you go back, what would you do to become into what you achieved In
2: halftime, what would you change? Cool. I wouldn't change anything. No? No, even my worst times. I've gone through a lot of bad things in my life and in business, and there's always something amazing on the other side. There's always something amazing on the other side. So even though I I have a lot of things that have happened that during the time, I'm like, God, this is awful. This is Mm -hmm. horrible. This is terrible. There's always another level on the Mm -hmm. other side. So I'm learning to embrace those breakdowns, knowing that there's a bigger purpose on the mm-hmm. other side. So there's nothing I would change right now.
1: How would you speed up the process, business, in the business?
2: I wouldn't speed it up. I would enjoy it more.
1: Enjoy it more. I would
2: enjoy what it more. Mean? I think that there's a constant thing, especially with entrepreneurs and myself, mm-hmm. of chasing, like when I get here, when I get here, like so focused on that end goal. and. There's a lot in the process that's enjoyable. The living is in the process. Mm -hmm. It's not at that Mm -hmm. end goal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in the creating. So I would enjoy it more.
1: So what do you believe about life?
2: What do I believe about life? Mm -hmm. I believe that we all chose to be here and that there's a reason. And it's in us learning and asking questions to reveal that and figure it out. And helping others. I mean, I I don't know that I have it all figured out, but I do believe that we all, are having a human experience, and mm-hmm. that we're here for a reason. And I think that we sell ourselves short by giving up or, you know, not going for our passions and not taking those risks.
1: What lessons did you get from your parents?
2: What you're asking a lot of hard questions here. I I like, what lessons did I get from my parents? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my dad died when I was uh, 22, uh, so I was young, and from him. I learned a lesson that I've sort of been undoing my whole adult life. I mean, I just learned that it was all about working harder and making more money. Not, he, he never talked about impact or, you know, purpose or passion. Right. So I've had to sort of unlearn that it, it doesn't have to be about just earning money. But or if
1: you had to find some great thing that you learned from your father, what would it be?
2: I will say that be, be accountable be accountable, that it's nobody else's fault. It's never anybody else's fault. And even when I have gone to default of blaming, you know, Mm -hmm. someone I hired or whatever else, it's really my fault in the end. Mm -hmm. And I know that. I made the decision. I chose, I kept people on, I did Mm -hmm. whatever. So my dad taught me that there's, it's always about, it's always our responsibility. It's nobody Mm -hmm. else's fault.
1: Wow, great lesson. What about from mother? From my mom? She's still alive.
2: Yes, my mom is still alive. Mm-hmm. What lesson did I learn? You know what, I bet the aging in reverse came from my mom. Now that, I, now that you asked me that question. My mom looks very good for her age. She acts younger. She's never let age be in her gap or her way of why she can't accomplish things. Mm-hmm. So I would say that came from my mom.
1: What happened to her dad?
2: Ha- he had a heart attack. I, heart attack. At age 49, yeah. Mm. Very young. Yeah, very young. Yes.
1: It was hard for you.
2: It was very hard for me. He, I, I didn't. My dad was like the one I went to for validation of everything. So my dad was who I sought sought approval from. It's who I went to for questions on anything. Like I didn't know how to do anything without my dad. So if you had asked me before he died, what's the worst thing that could have ever happened to me? I would have said my dad to die. And then mm-hmm. when he did. As awful as it was, I, it did force me to grow up, and it did I, I would say any success I have had came from having to learn how to navigate a world without him mm-hmm. and become independent
1: It's not easy Mm-mm. probably: No I for mean a it, daughter for, for a daughter to lose.
2: I don't know that it's easy for anybody to lose anyone, any parent or child or family member, you know, at any time. Yeah, it's hard, but there's—I don't know that that has. Again, I I would not be stuck in a story about like that. That hurt me. I mean, it's yes, it hurt me. I mean, but not that. That's a lot of people quit their life because of a loss or because of something, and that's not what I was going to do with that. With my
1: dad is there anything that you didn't tell him you would
2: I don't think that there's anything I didn't no. tell my dad no no I can't think of that
1: right so what you will not do now in new relationship in new marriage because of the experience that you did have
2: with my ex-husband, yeah. What would I not do?
1: What What is going to change, or it, it changed already? <laughs>
2: oh my gosh, this is so long ago. With that, I guess I would I wouldn't hold back after knowing being in a marriage that fell apart. You know, there's a lot of things we didn't say to each other, and I wouldn't hold back anymore. I, mm-hmm. I'm very my husband and I now we definitely talk about our feelings we talk about what's going on we talk about problems Mm -hmm. we embrace change my ex-husband and i got married and then we both changed in total different directions Mm -hmm. and we resented each other for changing my husband now we both change Mm -hmm. and we support that we're both changing and we both grow
1: so you you talk more
2: we talk about growth and what we want in our visions yes you are straight yes
1: you don't hide anymore we
2: don't hide anymore
1: emotions facts nothing. nothing That's nice.
2: Nothing. If he wanted to go and do some crazy thing, I might tell him it's crazy, but at least I have the facts and he gets to live his life and I can live mine.
1: What are some of the top tasks that you focus on in the business and what you delegate? Top task?
2: what like should i focus tests, on or what so so what i do, you do yeah what <laughs> um what i need to be focusing yeah. on is literally just being in my vision and okay. teaching and sharing mm-hmm. and giving knowledge and mm-hmm. promoting and selling those are okay. my gifts
1: so it's creating content selling promoting. yes
2: Creating and what I need to not be doing is emails and spreadsheets and booking and calendars mm-hmm. and all those controlling details that I find mm-hmm. myself doing a lot of times. <laughs> but that's not what helps move do a business you have the forward. Team? I used to have a team. I do. Mm-hmm. I've really cut down my team um, because, yes, I'm a fan of delegating. But when you have a very, very clear vision and you have a team on board with your vision, but if you, I've learned a lesson, I've learned many lessons about hiring people to do things for you without a solid vision. That doesn't work either. Mm -hmm. So I'm all about delegating once you, the business owner, are very clear on a vision and what it is that you want to happen.
1: What is the biggest struggle you have right now in the business?
2: The biggest struggle no, I have... If
1: we check your Instagram page, 2.5 million followers mm-hmm. and everybody think yeah. it's easy. Yeah. You probably have some struggles too.
2: Yeah, I would say it's me. It's me being able to be very clear on what I want to create at any given time. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of ideas and a lot of visions, okay. and I get clearer on where I want to go, but I do have a lot of interest and in a lot of things I share, and that makes it very hard to have a team mm-hmm. to execute when I'm not 100% clear at all given times.
1: Did you try Colby? I am
2: a Colby, I'm a 3393.
1: three nine three. Yeah, I quick would start. Say you are close to 10.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I- I'm 10. Yeah. A quick start 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But are you, so are you nine, a three?
1: nine is high? Yeah. You can drive your team crazy.
2: I, and I have driven my team crazy. Yeah. Yes. And I've been through lots of teams and I, but I did realize that it's not my team's fault. It was my
1: fault. No, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's, always it's my it's, fault. It's nine, 10 quick start. Yeah. So.
2: It's a nine quick start. So, so I've pulled back the reins on team knowing that I get to pick which things I'm going to focus on and execute and hire peep contractors, whoever, with those specific (laughs) visions, but not expect somebody else to fix things, do everything or read my mind.
1: What was the biggest mistake you did in the business?
2: (sighs) Um, There's multiple, but I would say the biggest mistake I made, and I don't even blame the person I did this with, is I paid a lot of money to a team that I thought was going to fix and create something for me. Mm -hmm. and that was the biggest mistake because I'm the visionary in my business and me expecting somebody else to create a vision and do that for me was going to be a fail to begin Mm -hmm. with so it was a hard lesson for me to learn and I've repeated that several times but I get it loud and clear now that Mm -hmm. I can't pay somebody to create a vision Mm -hmm. it has to be my own and nobody can do it better than me uh, that's a mistake a lot of us make, too, um, and I'm definitely guilty of that, is that I, strong as my visions are and as good as I am, I had my own self-doubt conversations thinking somebody else knows more than me, and that doesn't work. Because what has worked in my business is when I have implemented my own visions mm-hmm. and ran with it, like my seven-day jumpstart, like a number of things I've launched and done on my own, but when I hired somebody else to come in and create and do it for me, it didn't work. I agree. Yeah.
1: With ten or nine quick start, you always yes. create, create. And it's
2: create. an expensive lesson yeah. <laughs> M- yeah. multiple times. Yes.
1: What about the selling skills?
2: Selling skills. What did you get in your so, first job? Yeah. Um my very uh, my selling okay, yeah. skills came from my very first sales job. <laughs>
1: there are many, yeah many people out there. They they have their passions, their visions. I will tell you Yes, but no selling Yeah, yeah.
2: Selling's not my problem because I really don't feel like a salesperson. I feel like I'm a solution. Um, I'm very good at solutions and I'm really good at listening yes I'm really good at listening and and if somebody if I can listen to really what's going on with you and get to the root of it then I can offer a solution and that Mm -hmm. is a good salesperson is good at that a bad salesperson just looks like they're selling all the time (laughs) that I don't like so where I learned to sell Mm -hmm. was my very first sales job was selling corrugated boxes and this was I was in my early 20s and I sold corrugated boxes and And I remember cold calling warehouses asking, you know, do you want to buy my boxes? (laughs) And every day, you know, I was this cute girl in my early 20s, so the warehouse manager would be like, sure, what's your pricing on your boxes? And I would go back to my manager every day, and I'd say, I have this lead, I have this lead, and they want pricing, and he would ask me 100 questions. How many do they want? What size do they want? What are they going to use them for? Where are they going to store them? He would ask me so many questions and I would get really angry like, why is he asking me so many questions? But what he taught me was I needed to go deep and have every single answer before I ever even brought it to him. So I started getting really inquisitive on sales calls. I needed to know every detail about what people were doing with these boxes, why they were going to use them, how they were going to use them. And I learned, I learned early on to really ask those questions and get to the root of it and then offer a solution. And that sales manager who I hated at the time, ended up being the best lesson for me.
1: So getting into sales, it's smart.
2: I think every business has a sales mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a, a, if you, I just don't like the word sales, yeah, but solution. really I solution like and, and being inquisitive. Being inquisitive.
1: How do you create content for social media?
2: So I do not plan it. It really mm-hmm. is whatever's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a fan of um, planned content. I've done that at times in my business. It hasn't worked. Um, I'm not a fan of delegating it out like, for to create my content. Mm-hmm. It really comes from whatever I'm feeling or thinking at the moment.
1: So how did you get uh, so many followers on Instagram?
2: I don't know. (laughs) I would say, honestly, I think it would be adding value, and the it's changed a lot on social media. I think I lose followers on Instagram with algorithm changes. Um, I built Facebook initially. I have almost two million there, which definitely has not budged in a long time. But that grew really authentically from adding value, answering questions, sharing. Um, With Instagram, it was really just adding value. It was never about like trying to get followers or, try, you know, having a number, it was just about adding value and sharing.
1: Great a piece of advice. Yeah. You don't need to have a strategy to be successful. No. Sometimes.
2: And a warning to people that buy followers or do that, that doesn't work. Like that's great. You can do that, but it, that doesn't translate to sales no. or customers.
1: Absolutely. Like we yeah. will not buy Mm-mm. food.
2: No. And I will also share that I had way more sales with less numbers of followers than I Mm -hmm. do now with a lot of followers. The more you have, the less those people see your stuff Mm -hmm. because it's going to get divided up amongst those followers. So if you have 10 followers, they all see that. If you have a million followers, they don't all see your stuff.
1: Level up podcast. Yeah.
2: So that idea came from me because I've had so many rock bottom spots in my life and in business especially, lots of failures. And I was curious, how do people continually get themselves out of a rock bottom spot and recreate and get Mm -hmm. to another level? Because many times I've wanted to give up, right? And a lot of people do give up. They have a failure and they give up, but then you'll meet somebody that has Massive failures, and then recreates. Massive failure, recreates. Same with health, fitness, nutrition, handicap, anything. I met a woman recently that, you know, she was an Olympic athlete. She was hit by a bus, paralyzed. had Her whole life was over in her eyes. She retrained her brain, brain taught herself to walk again. She leveled up, created from a, a terrible space. So I was curious, how are all these people doing that? And I wanted to know for my own knowledge and I also wanted to know for my audience. And especially dealing with fat loss and all those women there, you know, what makes some women get it, lose the weight and keep it off and others just never seem to even be able to get past the refrigerator. You know, like they keep going back. They know what they need to eat but they keep going and eating what they shouldn't be eating. So I wanted to know what makes people level up, what are those commonalities. So I started digging into that and I decided to share it on a podcast, and it's literally my favorite thing to do with my day right now, is interviewing people on how they were able to shift their mindset and create everything from nothing and level up.
1: So what do they have in common?
2: Good question.
1: Yeah, they There's the some like
2: definite the- commonalities, yes. Every single person I've talked to has a vision. They know what they want. They, mm-hmm. At whatever point, they'd get a vision. I want this, and they declare it. So they have a vision, and they make a decision, mm-hmm. and they're loud about it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to create this. Every single person I've interviewed would not let negative thoughts into their mind, no way, no how. So if they were told by a doctor they can't do it, they were told by a bank mm-hmm. they can't do it, whatever, they don't even want to hear it. It's like they block all negativity completely out of their life, and they just they get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Number three is massive action towards it. They all take massive action towards their vision, and they don't worry about the how. It's more I want this, and I'm going to take the right action, ask the right questions, and I'm going to move towards it, and I'm not going to let the details and the how derail me. They all say that. Number four, powerful morning routine. Pretty much everybody I've interviewed has a powerful morning routine. Now. I don't know if everybody is like truly seven days a week or they just say that, or if they're more like me where it's like, okay, four or five days I've got it and two days maybe I mess it up. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but they all have this morning routine that they talk about. And then it's the circle of friends and people they let into their life. So they, everybody that I've talked to, they really level up with who do I surround myself with? Who's mm-hmm. in my life? Who do I let influence me? Those it's are the like commonalities. A support team. Support team.
0: If you are enjoying interview so far, make sure to follow me on other social media. You will find me on YouTube and Facebook as Smiljan Mori Warrior Family, on Instagram as Smiljan Mori and on LinkedIn and Twitter as Smiljan Mori, S-M-I-L-J-A-N-M-O-R-I.
1: Reverse aging. Mm-hmm. When is the book coming? May. Out? It hits In stores
2: May. this May. Yeah? Yes.
1: Why should I buy it?
2: Why should you? Well, you you don't have to. (laughs) Why should you buy it? Well, because it's
1: it's not for women only.
2: No, it's for everybody. Why should you buy it? Um, Because it's a different thought on aging. It's about. It's not about. I'm not getting into cosmetic surgery, and I'm not getting into like how to trick and look younger. Nothing like that. I'm talking about some real takeaways on how you can change your state mm-hmm. to, to feel confident at that age. And then some really simple to follow nutrition guidelines and exercises so you can start feeling better. You know, with age comes loss of focus a lot of times or the foggy head or the tired mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the aches and pains. And I address all of that.
1: Great. Yeah. Did I forget anything to ask you? I have to mm-hmm. check. Is there anything you would like to tell to my audience?
2: Uh, I no, just. If you're here watching this, yeah. then you obviously care about leveling up and personal development and, and getting better and just knowing that that first step is believing and deciding mm-hmm. that it's possible for you.
1: So how much personal develop and you blend into your coaching and...
2: All. all <laughs> Everything. I, it's I would It's not say, about
1: weight loss only.
2: Nope. And I it's can't... <laughs> I cannot authentically say that I just am fitness or fat loss anymore because I am way more personal development (laughs) at this point. And it's, I think it's very misleading to just stick with diet and exercise.
1: So for when you started out, it was like 100% fitness Yes. and maybe 1% personal development. How much is now your coaching and everything? It was
2: originally all fitness and nutrition and I didn't even know it was mindset. It, yeah, it, I was yeah, using yeah, mindset. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm ninety percent mindset at this point. Wow. Yeah, and I'm ten
1: percent nutrition. Yeah. Money. So
2: people come to me. They either want to lose weight. Yes, of course. Or they want to know how to get rich. It's yeah. like, they, how do I get a grow a business online, or how do I lose weight? Like it's like one or the other. And no matter who I take, we end up going into personal development. So because it's the I'm business good. problem and the fat loss problem are both personal development problems. They both are, and you figure that out, and you can achieve other things.
1: But if you tell them first, They don't care. They don't want to know mindset. No. No,
2: No, I got to tell you, you're going to look great in a bikini. I have the same experience. Yeah, you're going to look great in a bikini, or you're going to get rich. That's what they want to know, right?
1: But everything is here.
2: Everything is here, and I'm the girl for you on that, because I have lived through all of it. I mean, I've had more failures than anyone, and I have definitely had my rock-bottom moments, and I've also worked through them and shifted Mm -hmm. out of them, and I'm not afraid to share any of that.
1: What was the first book you write on personal development?
2: So my first, well, Seven Day Jumpstart was personal development. I didn't even know it. It was uh-huh. I talk about a lot of this mindset change in there. I just didn't know that uh-huh. that's what it was. Aging or Reverse, same thing. A lot is in there. Um, and then I don't have this out yet, but I'm predicting a third book about this leveling up, creating everything from nothing, because with these fascinating interviews I've been doing on podcasts, I'm, I've just learned so much more about myself and others, and I, yeah. I feel that's where the direction I'm headed.
1: I think you already laid out the, the chapters in the interview. Pretty
2: much. <laughs> yep. Yeah. so we're going to write it right from this interview.
1: <laughs> what book would you recommend to my audience?
2: Oh my gosh, there's so many. What was so the first many... book
1: that changed your life?
2: You know, I've read so many books. Yeah. I can't say that there's like one, but I am reading my friend, um, Bedros right now oh, and I love I interviewed it.
1: him a couple of days ago.
2: Yes. His book is so spot man on. Up. Man Up Woman, is great. Read that book. Up. <laughs> man Up is great. I love that. And that's as of recent, I'm reading that one. So I love that.
1: I have last question Yeah. that I call, power message okay just pretend for five seconds okay five. got it. Five. you only have five seconds to live what would be the last message you would send to your daughter that would stick oh with my her? god
2: what kind of question is that that's like horrible <laughs> just that i love her and i'll i would just be literally i love i love you you're amazing you're perfect the way that you are and i'm always with you that would be my last message i guess Wow. What what about the
1: message that would help her to. to That's what would help her, to know
2: that she's enough and that she doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be anything else.
1: She's enough.
2: She's enough and she's loved and she's perfect how she is. That's what she needs to know. Because I personally have fought with being enough my whole life and I think a lot of people fight with being enough. And so I'd want her to know that she's enough.
1: You are enough. (laughs) Watch Warrior Family Show. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I'm so happy you came.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my eBooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing and sales strategies Confidence Boosters, and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smiljan Mori. YouTube and Facebook, Smiljan Mori. For your family, Twitter, Smiljan Mori, and LinkedIn, Smiljan Mori.